This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. 333 feet down the left field line, then 364 over toward left center. The deepest part of the ballpark is 410, just to the left of straightaway center. Here's the pitch. Davis wins, and he grabs the ball, base hit up the middle, and Glenn Davis has the first ever Oriole hit at Camden Yards. I wonder if they're going to give him the ball. I mean, historically, if you have the first hit in this ballpark, would you want to save it? I certainly would, Ali. <laughs> I love it. I love the calls. We'll have some more calls coming up. That's Glenn Davis, Jacksonville's Glenn Davis, with the first ever hit at Camden Yards. Found that during the research. I tell you what, this is like one big research paper. And it's one of those deals where, remember in school, like you maybe didn't give all the effort you needed to all the time. But then there was that one time you're like, man, I really put a whole lot of work into this. I hope this comes out good. And, and it's like, man, but it's still probably not going to come out great. That's what this day is for me. I put in a lot of research, which has been so much fun. I feel like I'm back in school learning all about Jacksonville's history in baseball. And I have no idea if it's coming out any good because we are rolling guests in and out. And right now we are welcomed here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're joined by Storm Davis, not Glenn Davis, Storm Davis. And I'm assuming most people think you're brothers, uh, but you're not. No, hey, thanks for having me on, Brent. No, we went to high school together. We spent uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade at University Christian, and uh, those were a lot of fun. Those were some fun years, and lo and behold, we uh, got back together in pro ball uh, uh, in 1990. I think it's 92, so it was great. Those are great memories. Absolutely. Storm Davis with us. Uh, Glenn Davis, by the way, just a little bit more on him. Uh, second place to Mike Schmidt in the MVP voting while with Houston. He now lives in Columbus, Georgia. At least that's the last thing I had read about Glenn Davis. Uh, and I don't know if he has that ball, Storm. Do you know? <laughs> I have no idea. I, 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 I was in the bullpen that day, so I'm not really sure that that he does. But uh, Glenn and I talk every now and again. He's very busy. He's uh He's a businessman, and, and uh, he has a lot of things he's doing in the Columbus area. So uh, we talked a little bit here and there. Well, you are uh, have been busy over the years as well. Fantastic career, and I think the only two-time World Series champ from Jacksonville. Am I correct on that? Golly, Brent, I, I, you're the first person that's ever asked me that question. Uh, man, I've, I haven't really even thought about that till you asked me that. I I was just honored to be on some really good teams and around some really good players and coaches and managers. And, uh, I, you know, I just hope I represented Jacksonville well. That's all I was thinking when I was doing it. I think you did. 83 Orioles World Series champion, 89 Athletics. And, of course, that was the team that had some characters on it. McGuire, Canseco, Henderson. Now, those guys were a little bit younger, McGuire and Canseco at the time. But were they characters still, Store? Well, um, you know, Hosey and Mark had uh, – a polar opposite uh, personalities, but the team gelled very well, and I think a lot of that had to do with Tony Larusa. Uh, Tony did a, a marvelous job of, and that's that's one of the probably the most important thing I would say. Being a, a manager uh, in the big leagues is being able to uh, get along or find a way to get the clubhouse to come together for a common goal, and that's easier said than done. And he did a great job with that. We had some. Big personalities, and we had a lot of big egos in there, which is in every big league clubhouse and uh, with every player. But he did a marvelous job of getting us in the right right lane, so to speak. And uh, 
we play, we won a lot of ball games those years. Absolutely, he's one of the best to ever do it in the managerial ranks. Uh, and obviously, in '89, that was the World Series earthquake uh, out there in California, which is is one of the crazier but distinct moments in really sports history. And as I was researching that a little bit, Storm, there's a there's a picture of you holding your baby daughter out on the field. I would assume now she'd be what thirty two years old. That's correct, Brent. And she's getting ready to have her second son here in another week or two. So it's uh, it was I, I can't really describe to you the uh, it kind of went by it was slow but fast. I don't know how to. It, it was a weird day. Um, uh, we were in a World Series that culminates in a fantastic season, and then we have an earthquake. And then uh, in the panic of it all, uh, you're trying to find your family, and there, I knew where the family section was. The park was Candlestick at the time, or what it was called. And I located them, got them down, and uh, so it so happened that as Angie, uh, my wife, handed me Aaron, uh, someone snapped a photo, and it's become – I can't tell you how many I've signed over the years, uh, but uh, it's a, it was a wonderful um, memory to look back on for us as a family, but it was also very tragic to people that lost their lives and uh, it disrupted life tremendously in the Bay Area for quite a while. Absolutely. Storm Davis uh, with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, two-time World Series champ, played for a long time in the big leagues. Uh, in 1984, 225 innings pitched, 14 wins, 3.12 ERA, 113 career wins, 4.02 career ERA, over 1,000 strikeouts. And since then, you were the head coach at Bowles, pitching coach with the Jumbo Shrimp just a couple of years ago. Are you still with Mike Jones over there at Episcopal helping him out? I, I am, Brent. I, I'm also uh, the director of the Blue Claws uh, Foundation, which is a, a branch of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We're an 8U to 12U. Uh, our park's over there behind uh, Hodges, Mazda, and Phillips Highway. So I, I'm the director over there, which means I just try to stay out of the way and <laughs> and make sure things are, are running as smooth as it, as it can, particularly in the current situation we find ourselves in. Yes, Mike has is, Mike is, uh, allowed me to come over, and I'm with a wonderful staff at Episcopal. We have great kids, and we were having a fantastic year this year, and uh, I think we would have done some really special things on the field uh, until we got uh, we were slowed up here a little bit. But we have most of those kids back next year, and we're looking forward to that uh, climb again. How about this, too? I just give a little – now, Mike Jones isn't from the Jacksonville area, but the coach at Episcopal and, and well-respected in the area. He won a World Series with the Kansas City Royals. That would have been in 85. That would have been against the St. Louis Cardinals. And Vince Coleman, who won Rookie of the Year, who also is from Jacksonville. That will tell you how deep the ties run in Jacksonville baseball. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, Storm? All of you guys that have come from here and what you've been able to accomplish? Yeah, I mean, and that just goes back to the wonderful coaching we had in high school. Uh, this is a tremendous area for high school baseball. I I say this uh, every time I'm asked about it. I mean, I go back into the 70s whenever I actually was playing high school baseball and I've coached all this time through uh, – spent eight years in pro ball as a, in player development with three different organizations, but most of my coaching has been at the high school level. And when we go out of town or into tournaments – or we have a really we're, – we're solid here. We've got wonderful coaches. Our little leagues, our, our middle schools, our, our development system up here is fantastic. And 
We're as good or better than anybody in our state when it comes to high school baseball. Storm Davis with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And I tell you what, it's pretty cool for those kids to, to learn from guys like you. And we appreciate you giving back to the game here in Jacksonville. Always good to have you. Thanks for stopping in, Storm. We appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Storm Davis, uh, Jacksonville's University Christian, and maybe overlooked as University Christian, of course, when they had Storm Davis and Glenn Davis uh, on their baseball team. They make it to the bigs. They're still on the team with Baltimore Orioles. How cool is that? I want to give you a couple of stats that I found, and I hope they're accurate, but what I looked up in terms of guys that were drafted, University Christian, 12 players drafted over the years, two big leaguers. Bishop Kenny, 25 players drafted, seven big leaguers. Bowles, 19 players drafted, four big leaguers. Inglewood, 17 drafted, three big leaguers. And by the way, they had Rasheen Mathis, too, who played in the NFL for a long time and was a darn good one, but he also played a little baseball. Wolfson, 10 players drafted, three big leaguers, three first-rounders, Hurley, Butler, and Roger Danson. Parker had 15 players drafted, two big leaguers, Brian Busher and Jim Lewis. Eight of them, by the way, were drafted from 2000 to 2003 at Parker. And Sandalwood, 21 drafted, six Major League Baseball guys, and three more made it to AAA. So that will tell you. I hope I have some of those right. I'm sure maybe there are some that uh, were missing, but uh, just uh, some stats. I mean, think about it. Just at those seven schools that I mentioned, all the guys that made it to the bigs, but all the guys that were drafted had a chance to make it to the bigs from Jacksonville. Man, the talent is rich, and that includes a current professional baseball player who joins us right now from the bowl school from Florida State. Welcome in DJ Stewart, who I heard from Austin Hayes has recently been squatting 600 pounds coming off microfracture ankle surgery. I guess you're going well now. Everything's healthy. <laughs> yes, sir. Doing doing well. Um, appreciate Hazy letting everybody know that I, I, I'm doing doing well. But uh, it's been been a bit of a recovery, but feeling good, ready to start the season as soon as they let us go. Yeah, man. Well, uh, you can go hit a little bit at Baker's. I know you're doing some work over there uh, and, and use those cages. How hard is this uh, to like your clock is off, isn't it? I mean, you're supposed to be playing ball and, and you're not. Uh, so is it tough yeah. to stay fresh? Yeah, it it's not really it's it's been a little bit easier for me, I will say, because I didn't really have an off season um because I was uh coming off of that surgery in October. So my off season consisted of therapy all the time and I didn't really get to train like I wanted to train and usually train to get ready for the season. So this has kind of been like my type of off season, but it also is strange because as baseball players and athletes we we're always given these certain timetables and dates we know when we're supposed to be somewhere and what we're supposed to be doing and to get ready for that so that aspect has been weird and just kind of Stay ready as much as you can, not knowing when that day is going to come. DJ Stewart with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 as we continue to celebrate local baseball. Hey, DJ, doesn't it say it all? I just had a guy that played for the Baltimore Orioles, Storm Davis. Glenn Davis played for the Baltimore Orioles. You are in the Orioles organization. Austin Hayes is in the Orioles organization. Heck, you're all from Jacksonville, man. I mean, that shows you right there in a nutshell how good this area has been for baseball. Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time that when we get to levels like this, we've kind of already had a little bit of a firsthand look at it just because of the talent that we play in, um, that we come from it just in Jacksonville is it's so rich and you're facing guys who play at that next level and just to be a part of that, it, it's a really special thing. 
Microfracture on the ankle, recovered, cleared for spring training, now trying to get back to work and hoping for a season. DJ Stewart with us. Uh, you were drafted in 2012 by the Yankees, 28th round. Did you consider going? I did. I did. Um, the Yankees were actually uh, one of my favorite teams growing up. I'm um, sorry about that. It's kind, of, <laughs> kind, of, kind of hard to not be a Yankee fan when they're winning all the time. And then just me uh, – kind of Jeter watching him, even though we don't play the same position, just the way that guy went about the game and played the game. Um, so it was actually very, very hard for me to turn down the Yankees just because I, I watched them and liked, the, liked their organization and stuff. But I, I ultimately decided to go to Florida State just because I love that program even more and just wasn't the right time for me to – start my professional career absolutely man i think it paid off for you right uh, you end up getting picked uh, 25th overall in the first round from baltimore three years later i think you made the right decision hey man keep swinging it uh, we look forward to following you in austin with the baltimore orioles organization and uh, best of luck uh, as you come back from that ankle surgery thank you i appreciate you guys having me you bet dj stewart florida state bowls and now the Baltimore Orioles, that guy can flat out stick it, and he is strong, fun to watch. Next guest, by the way, this is guest number 21 on the show today because this was not planned, but we had him jump on in because I said I need a little more sandalwood on the show, so we bring in John Farrell right now who gave me a complete rundown on that 88 Sandalwood Saints team. That was a heck of a ride back then, John. Sure was, man. We had a, a pretty solid lineup through and through. There wasn't many outs in that lineup. Absolutely. I'm going to read it real quick. Let's see how fast I can go. T.R. Lewis, uh, by the way, you guys went 27-3, and state champs in 88. T.R. Lewis, third baseman, fourth rounder, signed to play at Mississippi State, opted for pro ball, Baltimore Orioles. Keith John, shortstop, 14th round, opted to play at University of Mississippi, sixth round out of college, MLB with Boston in 98 and the Cardinals. Tracy Wilds, 30th round, 89, played at the University of Georgia, then JU. John Farrell right here with us right now, set, uh, catcher and outfielder, fourth round out of high school, opted to play at Miami, transferred to JUCO, then a first round pick in 91 of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Richard Bañez, I hope I'm saying that right. Second baseman, West Point. Jeff Hartless, catcher, Juco, then University of North Florida. Hilly Hathaway, that's a name people know. 18th round, opted for Juco, then signed pro. MLB with the Angels. Paul Martin, Juco, third, 30th round. San Diego Padres. Jason Smith, Juco. And other notables from 87 to 91 include Jeremy Matthews, Desi Relaford, who everybody knows, uh, who had a fantastic career. Uh, in the big leagues. Wow, man. I mean, when you said that, I was like, John, you got to come on. I mean, I'm not sure anybody's ever seen that kind of talent around here over that stretch of time. Yeah, Sandalwood was pumping out, uh, you know, players left and right back from the early 80s all the way through the mid-90s, and they're still doing it over there now. But um, it seemed like that uh, uh, Charlie Matthews, um, he had a special way of motivating us over there. And, and uh, I think Chris Hayes hit it right with the chip on our shoulder. Uh, we didn't care who was in the other dugout, and uh, we went out and we tried to punish them as best we could every single day, and I think that was just the way that our mindset was, and that's the way I was taught to play the game. So is that clearly the best team ever from here? Does 2004 Wolfson rival it? Are there some Bowles teams or Kenny teams that might rival it, rival it? or is Sandalwood taking the kick? I believe Sandwood takes the cake in that 88 team just based on the lineup and, and the uh, schedule we played. We didn't, we didn't shy down from playing guys and, and uh, facing just about everybody's number one every time we went out there. Um, you know, so 
for me, it's a it's a it's a Sandalwood '88 team. It's probably the best one. But you know, I was with that 2004 Wolfson Club and with Butler and Hurley, and and uh, we were really good. And those two guys were so special as far as the the game is concerned. Both of them had uh, immeasurable talents, you know, in high school. And um, but but through and through, our lineup that we had at, in Sandalwood in 1988, and you know, we again went 27 and three, but um, through and through, there weren't many outs. Like I said earlier, we really went out and uh, we had every facet of the game. Um, there was we had fast, uh, we had base dealers, we had power with Tracy Wiles and Hilly Hathaway. Cause Hilly was a heck of a hitter in high school, also. So um, we just uh, we punished the ball, and you know we but we also had a couple of really good arms. You know, Tracy Wiles was was probably the premier arm we had. Um, he was a bulldog, Hilly. Um, from the left side, he was upper 80s, touching 90. Um, back in the 80s, that's a, that's a, that's like 95 now, um, with the velocities and things that these kids have now. It's uh, it's unreal. But um, we really, really, really threw and through that lineup. Was uh, we're tough to beat. Absolutely. John Farrell with us from that 88 Sandalwood team and continues to give back. By the way, Dan Drake on Twitter says, what's up, John? Uh, and uh, he's listening. We appreciate him listening to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. One last thing. Could Malbesh play at all? I mean, could he hit over there at Wolfson or what? Kyle Malbesh was, uh, I think, a little bit underrated. Um, he was a 90-mile-an-hour pitcher with a with a, a above-average changeup and a decent little slider. But from my, my perspective as as a hitting coach for him, um, he was he was he had more pop to right center field than most kids around, and I think that was uh, was something that made him special as a hitter. Pretty good hitter, man. Pretty good hitter, and uh, well, you were too, John Farrell. We appreciate the time, man. Thanks for jumping on, talking a little Sandalwood Saints. I know all the Sandalwood folks certainly appreciate it. Hey, man, thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, John Farrell helping us celebrate uh, baseball in Jacksonville on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. You know what happened is I'm looking and I'm getting all this information, and I said, John, I don't have a Sandalwood guy on from that team. You're going to jump in here. Uh, I had reached out to Desi Relaford, and I think I had the wrong number for him. So there are guys that I tried to reach out to. Howie Kendrick is one, put in a few requests with the Washington Nationals. Quite frankly, just to be honest, hadn't heard back from them, and, and obviously baseball's at a weird time right now. So uh, I think those guys are a little more difficult to get. But Howie Kendrick, I mean, unbelievable when you think about what he's been able to do from West Nassau. So I want to give a shout out to Callahan and West Nassau. I did not forget about you. And he is one of the best. And he is about as underrated as they come when you think about big leaguers from the Jacksonville area. I don't think he immediately comes to mind uh, for some. And he should. Tenth round, 2002 MLB draft. Uh, this is a guy that was like cut by junior colleges. St. John's River in Palatka. He went and Angel Scout saw him. 2011 All-Star. 2019, like last year, World Series champ, NLCS MVP. Think about Three out of the last four years, the NLCS MVP has played high school ball in Jacksonville. Howie Kendrick, Javi Baez, and Daniel Murphy. Wow. Does that say a lot or what? Coming up right now, we are go to the campus of the University of North Florida. Tim Parenton joins us, the head baseball coach at UNF. Tim, how you doing, man? 
I'm doing great, Brent. Sounds like a great show. Uh, we're having a lot a of fun. Now. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun, and we're glad right. you were able to join us for a couple of minutes. I know you're not a local guy, per se, but you've been around here long enough, and obviously you're the head coach at UNF. And you guys have been pumping out some talent as well, and I did want to bring up Donnie DeWeese, but it's more than that. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, for what he built at UNF and to help cultivate baseball in Jacksonville and on that campus, uh, the Division II level and, and beyond, uh You've been able to get it done. A lot of guys have passed through UNF on their way to professional careers. Right. A lot of guys have. we still, we got three guys right now in AAA baseball, Brian Baker, Drew uh, Weeks, and Donnie DeWeese, all in AAA. None of them know what's going on because when you talk to them, everybody with the situation we're in. And recently, Brad Dapperman and Frank German been our probably our top two players that have a shot. Nick Marchese had a good year in minor league ball last year also. And you can go back to Sid Roberson, by the way. Orange Park High School right. played at UNF and then uh, in the big leagues uh, along the way. And we've mentioned Dusty Rhodes' uh, name a couple of times, as we should have. Uh, I want right. to check in with you, first of all. I know you had a bit about uh, with health issues and, and cancer. How you feeling? We're all perfect. Everything's good. I'm clean. Uh, i got a couple of checkups in the next few weeks. But, you know, as of now, just go get them. That's awesome to hear. Glad to hear it. Uh, one of the good guys here around baseball in the Jacksonville area, Tim Parenton with us, University of North Florida Ospreys head baseball coach. By way of Mississippi State, played football and baseball at Mississippi State. I'll tell you what, man, there's a special connection to uh, ringing that bell at Mississippi <laughs> State awful. in Jacksonville, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It goes way back. Uh, coach West was, believe it or not, he was a GA when I was at Mississippi State. And then we got the Tommy Raffos, the Charlie Andersons, the Pat McMahons. Uh, believe it or not, uh, Tommy Edwards came to Mississippi State for a year before he transferred over to Florida. So at Darren O'Day, I coached at Florida. So that, there's a the connection that I have with the city of uh, Jacksonville. Through, it goes through Bishop Kenny pretty much. Yeah, it a does. a lot of guys that have played there. And Trenton Torsh, one of your buddies. Yep. You know, he lives here in Jacksonville now, not from Jacksonville. But, you know, the, it's a very good connection it's a great baseball town and that's you know one of the reasons i'm here give us a, a quick thought uh, before we let you go because i'm rifling through everybody here on the show right. but uh darren o'day is one of the great stories uh you know i think he was playing like club ball right or or right. and, and really just out of ball what say that right. again before i got there he was a walk-on and didn't make the team and pat mcmahon you know they told him to come back out and they dropped them down, and then from there, it's history, man. I mean, it was, like, unbelievable. No one ever threw it that hard from, you know, down under where he throws it from today. Uh, him and my assistant coach, Tommy Boss, are best friends. They still talk a bunch. And, you know, Darren, it's unbelievable what he did and what he's still doing. I, I think Darren O'Day is one of the coolest stories. When you say drop down, he ended up being this basically submarine kind of guy, and the career he's had uh, has been tremendous in some big spots. Darren O'Day from really out of baseball uh, to reinventing himself kind of reminds me, didn't Tim Wakefield, who, by the way, lives down in Melbourne, wasn't he? He was an outfielder and then said, hey, I'm going to throw some knuckleballs and, and let's see what happens. <laughs> exactly right. That's what it's crazy how it happens. But. You know, it's all about in baseball. You know, you got to have patience and you got to be willing to put the work in. All right. Uh, hey, Tim Parenton, thanks for stopping by, man. Great thanks, to uh, talk to you. I'm Appreciate sorry we didn't it, have a man. baseball season. Oh, me too. Me too. I had thrown BP the, first, the day before this all started, the first time since my surgery. <laughs> uh, so I'm getting back. All right. Uh, good to hear from you. I'm glad you're doing thanks. well, and uh, we'll catch you up down the road. That's Tim Parenton from the University of North Florida helping us celebrate baseball. Jacksonville Baseball and Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 
690. All right, still to come. Names like Myers, Hurley, and Butler to close out the show. I'm going to try to get them all in, Coos. Doing a heck of a job, by the way. I have put a lot of stress on Coos here today. Heck, this has been a stressful show, but we're having a heck of a lot of fun as well. I've got more names to mention. I've got to get them in. Hunter Scantling, Episcopal, and FSU played some pro ball in the minors. Joel Davis, running into some recent trouble, one of the great arms out of Jacksonville. Jack Spencer passed away last year at the age of 72. Sandalwood, Englewood, Paxson, ACD, Ben Stevens. Really, if you think about, uh, I think, travel ball now with five-star and uh, legion ball outside the high school ranks. Ben Stevens, a huge name in that arena. And we mentioned Mike Jones from Episcopal, Scott Maribel uh, as well. Rusty Green from Sandalwood, Sean Reed Foley with the Toronto Blue Jays organization. We'll mention more names and more baseball talk next on ESPN 690. Myers has the sign from Chris Coase. Curveball's tricking loud. The Phillies are National League East champions. Look at the scene on the field. Look at the scene on the stand. This is incredible. The Phillies are National League East champions and will go to the postseason for the first time since 1993. How about that? I don't know what's better. Brett Myers throwing the pitch or Harry Callis calling it. What's better, Myers? Uh, definitely Harry Callis calling that. <laughs> that, gave, that gave me chills listening to it. Dude, that was When I went back and watched it, I was like, ah, that's awesome that Harry Callis didn't think of it. It was a terrible curveball, right? too. It was a terrible curveball. <laughs> I, I still watch it to this day, and I go, oh, my God, how did he not hit that? You're 6'4", 240 pounds. You come out of Inglewood. Chris Hayes says you just had heat, and you're throwing a curveball to clinch the first Phillies postseason since 93? Well, let me tell you a little bit about Willie Mo Pena. That guy is a beast. <laughs> okay? And I faced him all through the minor leagues, and I knew he could hit a heater. So I, I, so I knew what to throw him in that situation. So. Um, he, he'd never done well against my curveball before. So, uh, and, uh, I was lucky enough to finish that season out and, and, uh, you know, they gave me that opportunity to be in that situation. So that's awesome. Uh, Brett Myers with us. If you don't know the voice, uh, from Inglewood high school, 1999 state championship team, we're celebrating local baseball here today, man. It's been a lot of fun. We only have about 15 minutes left in the show and I've got Eric Hurley coming up, Billy Butler and Desi Relifer just texted me. He's going to pop on as well, but a 97 and 96 record for you from 2002 to 2013 first round pick back in 99. What made you so good? In 99 that they said, hey, we need a first-round pick. I mean, did you just throw smoke? Was it the competitor in you that, like Chris Hayes mentioned earlier in the show? Why do you think they took you so high? Uh, well, honestly, I had no idea. But since I was a young kid, probably seven years old, I just had the dream. I remember my dad telling me um, when I was seven, I said, that's what I want to do when I get older. And he goes, one in a million make it. And I told him, I said, why can't I be that one? And from that day forward, I just kind of put my life, and everything into baseball, and uh, that's exactly what I, I – I, it was either do or die for me, either make it or be a car salesman. I That had nothing else to do but play baseball, and that's what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to be able to go out there and, and uh, you know, achieve my dreams. 
Absolutely. Brett Myers with us, uh, of course, with the Phillies, also over the Astros and the Indians as well later on in his career. Best year was 2010, man. 14 and 8, 3.14 ERA. What went so right that year for you? I had a great pitching coach that, that um, uh, basically we, we gelled. And uh, I was on probably, I know for a fact I was on the worst baseball team in the major leagues. Uh, I just saw an article about it today that, um, in 2010, where I pitched against the Tampa Bay Rays and, and um, you know, went seven innings, gave up no earned runs, no un- earned runs and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, and, and then it kept saying in the article how bad a team we were. And I still won 14 games that year. I was lucky enough to do that. But um, it was, that was definitely, I, I listened to, I finally gelled with a guy that, helped me through my career you know I finally found a guy and then the next year they fired him and then that's that's history it's amazing just little things like that makes a big difference especially at that level uh 4.25 era in the career almost 1400 strikeouts and of course that world series in 2008 uh where do you keep the ring <laughs> in, in a drawer sometimes I, the other day it's funny uh I had a buddy of mine come over, and he's like, let me see this World Series ring, and I, I couldn't find it. Come on, uh, you can't find I, it. I, I, I couldn't find it. I didn't know where I put it. So, But it might have been from the last time I showed the guy, but I don't I don't necessarily flaunt the thing around or anything like that. It's it's not it's not one of those things. I'm, I'm like a humble guy, and, and a lot of people probably laugh at that because when I was younger, I definitely was an arrogant, um, you know, necessary arrogance to play the game and stuff like that, but – as I've grown older, I'm not uh, as brash, I guess you would say. <laughs> uh, and I know you're teaching a bunch of kids to play ball and still giving back here in Jacksonville. Brett Myers, 2008 World Series champ, first-round pick out of Inglewood High School in 1999. Thanks for jumping in, man. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, that's Brett All Myers. Right. We're going to get to Eric Hurley in just a moment. I want to mention a couple of things. We have football and baseball guys from the Jacksonville area. How about Hayden Hurst, right, uh, picked by the Pirates. And, and the baseball career, we had him in just a couple months ago, fell apart a little bit. Now he's with the Atlanta Falcons, was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the first round. He's been a first-round Major League Baseball guy, first-round NFL guy. And then there's Tim Tebow, played in the NFL, of course, college great quarterback. Everybody knows Tebow. But given it the baseball try, can he make it to the big leagues? Where does his career stand? A little bit in limbo right now i also have to mention in my research somebody on social media said hey man mr baseball in this area is john henry pop lloyd i said wow i never heard of him so i looked him up negro league shortstop and manager born in palatka best shortstop ever in the negro leagues and babe ruth according to what i read said he might have been the best player he's ever seen how about that? John Henry Pop Lloyd from Palatka. And uh, if I'm saying this right, he was nicknamed El Cuchara, which translates to the shovel or tablespoon because his ability to field batted balls at the shortstop position. Uh, Baseball Hall of Famer in 1977, posthumously. Uh, John Henry Pop Lloyd. That was a cool find. I loved reading up on that when I was looking up some uh, Jacksonville baseball history. One other thing uh, I'd like to pass along uh, is uh, one of the greats from Jacksonville and is Ryan Friel. 
and it's the late Ryan Friel, suffered from CTE, had many concussions in his career, but had a fantastic baseball career. Another guy from Inglewood, and the first Major League Baseball player, by the way, that was diagnosed with CTE as his family sent his brain uh, to, I think it was Boston University, after he uh, passed, and uh, it tested positive for CTE on the baseball diamond. He played all out, uh, whether he was sliding or diving for a catch, and the Cincinnati Reds fans loved him. I remember tweeting something a couple years ago. There's a bench down in Davis Park in Ponte Vedra, and it's it's dedicated to Ryan Friel, and I just tweeted that out and, and said something about it, and I got so many responses on Twitter, and I think a lot of it was from the Cincinnati Reds fans, so don't want to uh, leave today without mentioning uh, Ryan Friel as well. All right, our next guest coming up here on the show. Was he part of the best high school team ever in Jacksonville? That will be the first question for Eric Hurley, the old Wolfson days. Hurley, thanks for taking some time, man. Uh, what's the answer? That Sandalwood team uh, wasn't terrible. I, I love to play them, though. <laughs> yeah, that would be, can we do that on like a video game or something? It's got to be a way, right? <laughs> hey, you made your 2008 uh, uh, debut. Uh, you made your big league debut in 2008. You got your first win, I think, against the Phillies. Uh, what I couldn't find out, who pitched against you that day? Tell me it was Brett. <laughs> it was not Brett. Um, gosh, I don't. Well, he was closing at that time, maybe, too. He might have been. Yeah, he's a. He's like 20 years older than me, so hopefully he's listening to this. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Eric Curley, 30th overall pick in 2004 from the Texas Rangers. Seriously, man, how good was that team? I mean, you, you talk, uh, we're going to have Billy Butler. In fact, he's on hold right now. He's going to call in. You better say nice things uh, about your former teammate. But, I mean, two first-round guys on the same high school team back in 2004, it's unbelievable. It was, uh, that team was fun, man. The, the chemistry we had on that team and the talent we had on that team, um, it's, uh, that was special to be a part of. I mean, you talk about Billy's. To me, um, probably the best hitter I've, I've ever I've ever seen. High school baseball was it was incredible. Um, it was actually it was actually fun for me because he, he would make me look good at the plate at times because when he hit behind me, it was just like fastball galore because nobody wanted to pitch to Billy. So. Um, I appreciate him for all the fastballs. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening to that. He could thank you for that. Uh, hey, I've got to ask you about this. It, do you say sometimes, or are you over this part of it of what could have been? You got so unlucky, man. Rotator cuff, labrum, hamstring, skull fracture after getting hit by a comebacker. I mean, you must ask yourself, when's it going to end? Um, you know, you beat yourself up a little bit. Nobody likes being injured uh, by any stretch, so... Um, I think after all my injuries, I, I did end up making the back, you know, here and there to the big league. So, um, I didn't get much opportunity up there, but the fact that I, you know, got back was, was good. So, the injuries, you kind of say what if at the time, but at the same time, you know, you look around, you know, I get to see my kids, and and uh, I think the what ifs that, that you do think about are the what ifs, you know, what, what if I didn't have, you know, what I have right now, and, and I do cherish what I do have right now, so. Um, I, I kind of look at it that way. Well, and I know you have great perspective. You work with some of the uh, bright young arms uh, in the area now, and, and you obviously can uh, harness some of that and take care of them. That's got to be top of mind these days, right, taking care of the arms, even with all these young kids that so many of them are flamethrowers. Absolutely. There's there's a lot of big arms in the area. I mean, Jacksonville's always done a really good job of producing you know good talent. And uh, 
it's fun to work with them. It is. Uh, these kids are awesome. All they want to do is compete and work. And uh, you know, for, from the individual standpoint, and lessons and stuff like that, it's it's a blast. I mean, it really is to be one on one with with a kid and teach them and um, see them grow. You know, see them smile when they do it right. You know, and uh, pick them up when they're frustrated when they do it wrong. It's uh, it's very rewarding. Uh, doing a great job of it. Uh, Eric Hurley, uh, 30th overall pick back in 2004 on that great Wolfson High School team. Thanks for jumping in, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, Brent. All right. Uh, that's Eric Hurley. And now let's go to his teammate, Billy Butler. Eric Hurley just said, best guy I've ever seen hit a baseball at the high school level. That's Billy Butler. Guy could flat out hit, did it for a long time in the big leagues, especially with the Kansas City Royals. Billy Butler in Idaho Falls. How you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Hey, great. Uh, thanks for jumping in. We just made contact uh, earlier this afternoon. Brent Martineau here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're celebrating Jacksonville baseball. The show's about to end in a few minutes, but uh, we couldn't do this without you, man. Uh, you are one of the best hitters to ever come out of here. Could you always just flat out hit? Uh, you, you know, I, had, I got a lot of God-given talent with that, and and uh, I got a dad at home that that. Uh, you know, I was in the military, and 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 <laughs> a lot of days when I didn't want to hit, he uh, he uh, he pushed me to go hit. But most of the time, I did want to go hit. He pushed me to hit a lot of days, a lot of days in a row. A lot of my my dad, my dad growing up, we we couldn't have a holiday till I hit. So <laughs> yeah, um, the holidays didn't even start till I got back from the batting cage. So that'll tell you the type of dad I had and the type of work ethic I was coming from. Well, it translated, man. You hit 290 in the big leagues. Uh, it had some sensational seasons as well. You go back uh, uh, to 2013, 289, 2012, obviously the all-star year, uh, silver slugger year. You hit 313. What went right that year uh, when you had 29 homers and 107 driven in? I think you catch a lot of breaks, too, as well. Yeah, I hit a few more balls out of the ballpark. Uh, as you can see, most of the time I had more doubles and then um, – I got the balls to go out of the park on that one. I cut. I hey, I, I was uh, uh, loved every second of being the Kansas City Royal and everything and everything like that. If anybody's been to that stadium, you know it's big, one of the biggest parks in the league. It's it hard is. to hit it out of there. Yeah. So gaps are three ninety, and they actually brought those in from um, um, before I got there. It was before twenty in center, and it was four ten now when I got there. So it was bigger than it was. And it was still huge, but uh, you know to have a year like that, you got to catch a lot of breaks. Uh, you know, for me, the only way I get that silver slugger is uh, if you look at it. David Ortiz went down after X amount of games, was having an absolutely monster year, and um, if he didn't get hurt, I wouldn't get the silver slugger. I don't ever wish anybody to get hurt or anything like that. David David Ortiz is probably the best, you know, one of the best DHs ever, and if not the best, um, and, you know, a guy named Edgar Martinez, obviously. Yeah. Um, you get the guys. That like that, he had a year like that. I mean, I mean, you know, I I kind of fell into that award. I don't know. I had a great year, but he was having one of those years where he had um, one of those monster years again. So that that would have been another one in his in his trophy box. But I just happened to, you know finished that year out, and, and, and he had an unfortunate injury. Billy Butler with us here at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Tell everybody what you're doing, man. You're out in Idaho. How did you end up there? Do you ever uh, do you have any connections to Jacksonville anymore other than Kyle Malbesh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, obviously Eric, and I, I have a bunch of coaches there there, Johnny, Johnny Farrell, 
uh, Scott Maribel, all, all those guys. I mean, still have a lot of friends and 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 guys I grew up with still there. As, as for the family, I have a a few cousins. Um, my grandparents do not live there anymore. My my grandparents, my, my grandpa lives with my parents in Alabama, so I, I don't have as many ties there as I did before. But I have a lot of friends I need to come back and see. I know. I mean, I get. Johnny for all the time tells me to come back. I need to. I get it. I understand. It's hard to get. I'm, I'm about as far, as far west as I, uh, as as I can get from <laughs> from uh, from where I grew up. So it's it's tough to get back out there, especially when you have three. I have three do- young daughters, eleven, seven, and four. So I'm coaching two softball teams this summer and um, all that kind of good good stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm most times just coaching, giving lessons here and there on. on on some of the kids, just stay involved in the game. But mostly it's just, uh, you know, raising my young family that I have. Well, enjoy the time out there in Idaho, man. Billy Butler, man, could flat out hit a 290 in the big leagues, 147 home runs. I wish we could keep you for longer, but uh, you got to come back and join the show when we have a little bit more time, all right? Hey, I, I just want to say, hey, thanks. To, uh, I heard the nice things that Eric said. I appreciate all those things. That's probably the best uh Best arm I played with growing up had some unfortunate injuries and everything like that. Would have had a long career in the big leagues, but you know he had he had he had a lot of good things he brought to the table, especially to me personally, and and to a team that we had in high school and everything like that. And he uh, he deserved more than he got. And and uh, you know things happen in baseball for unfortunate reasons. I just wish him the best and always do. And um, you know and then and and. Uh, you know he he made it and and he did he did well and he was probably one of the best arms I've I actually got to face and be with. That's a very nice compliment, by the way, man. Uh, people love you in Jacksonville, no doubt. What you were able to do in the big leagues at Wilson High School and obviously beyond. Uh, best to your family and and hopefully we'll get with you again uh, down the road. Appreciate it, guys. I know I need to get back and. And uh, when I come back, it'll be a it'll be a great great time. I appreciate all the nice things. All right, uh, that's Billy Butler here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're running right up against it, but I just got a text short time ago from Desi Relliford. We go 2004 Wolfson team with Hurley and with Billy Butler back to that 88 Sandalwood team. Well, actually 91 Sandalwood team with Relliford, but you know what I'm talking about that time frame. <laughs> Desi Relliford played in the bigs for a long time, one of the greats to come out of Jacksonville and Sand. Wood High School. Hey, Desi, what's happening, man? Hey, Brent, how's it going, man? You hey, doing thanks. Right? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for taking a couple minutes. I were way up against it, so I won't keep you as long as I can. But uh, right. how good were those teams back in the Sandalwood days? I mean, it, they, those guys were were they were really good. Um, coming up and being a young player, watching them, it just uh, uh, you know it motivated you. It motivated you to want to be good, and there was just a certain level of play that you needed to that you that you needed to uh, that you had to have to you know to make a Sandalwood team, uh, much less play on it. So watching those guys was a lot of fun. Absolutely, uh, you played a long time in the Bigs, man. How fun was that to carry kind of the Sandalwood flag, the Jacksonville flag, and and take it to the big leagues for as long as you did? Well, anytime you get to uh, you know follow your passion and live out your dreams, um, you know at a young age, it, you know there's not much more uh, you can ask for. So you know, you know, blessed to uh, have had the opportunity to play for such a long time, and you know, coming from a, you know, coming from a really strong lineage of players over at Sandalwood. 
What is it uh, about the Jacksonville player growing up that, that you saw that kind of made you, whether it was a toughness uh, or just kind of playing against good talent that maybe made some of that transition a little bit easier? Not saying they're all big leaguers, not that kind of talented, but uh, Jacksonville <laughs> ingrained something in you. Well, yeah, I think I think it does come down to there just really is a lot of good talent that comes out of this city. Um, always has, and I think it, it, it'll continue to do that. Um, that the year I finally made the varsity team, my 10th grade year, you know, we had, you know, we were number four in the country that year, um, had a bunch of guys go to college and, you know, a few guys get drafted. I think not that particular year, but guys on the team, like I was in 10th grade, so I'm counting myself and a couple other guys, but there were like six guys on that team that got drafted that were there. Um, five or six on, on that team in 89, Unbelievable. which is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy. So, you know, we've always put out talent at Sandwood and, and, and in the city. So that's a that's a pride thing. And it's known in, in pro ball, too. Pro ball, pro ball guys know that Jacksonville represents. That's awesome. Desi Relaford, hey, thanks for reaching out, man. I'm glad we were able to get you on the show. I wish we had a little more time, but let's do it again down the road. All right, Brent. Thanks for having me, bro. Take that's care. that's Desi Relaford. How fun was that? 22, 22 interviews with local guys, coaches, players, big leaguers, people that really made an impact in Jacksonville baseball. And speaking of, I do have to give a quick shout-out to Walk-Off Charities. I tried to get the guy who organizes Walk-Off Charities on, but he said he was busy or something like that. But that is giving back to baseball. Well, so many of the guys we had on the show today heavily involved with Walk-Off Charities. Look it up. Giving kids a chance to get a glove, play baseball, be a exposed to the game and maybe we should write a little history book and give it to those kids and say you can be like desi billy butler all of those kind of storm davis the list goes on and on maybe the next austin martin austin hayes javi baez chipper jones how fun was this to relive some of those guys and the memories and uh go check out walk off charities they missed their big fundraiser because of the pandemic they're going to try to do something in july This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.